0: are you ready to get smacked? are you ready to get smacked with the information for week 11 our best picks midweek right now welcome into the channel welcome into the podcast version my name is sal Veche. you probably already know that but if you don't and you're brand new here virtually shake of the hand pat on the back welcome you found the right place to get all the information you need to win the dollar so what we're going to be doing here is going position by position i already have my projections i already have my rankings done so far for this week ownership will also be out later in the week on my patreon down below with a bunch of different information so you can check that out if you want but what i'm trying to say here is that we're ready we're already locked and loaded on Wednesday. And now all we have to do is wait to see what the market's doing in terms of ownership. But we have our projections. We know where the optimal stacks or the the better stacks than the other ones relative to other teams on this slate are going to be. And I'm here to break it all down for you with some nuances, right? There's a lot of injuries this week. There's a couple of new quarterbacks potentially starting, definitely at least one going to be starting. And there's some interesting mid-range value at some of these other positions. And even again, some cheap wide receiver punts, some cheap tight end punts as always. So we're going to get through that entire story of the week 11 slate here. And before we do, hey, how you doing today? How are you how are you hit the like button the big old subscribe and how about that subscribe do all those things hit the notification bell so you can know when we go live like tomorrow night for the thursday night football slate on monday night football we broke our live stream record with over 1800 people broke it by more than 300 live viewers so you all rock appreciate you fellas appreciate you lady fellas a ton before i smack you with that info just gotta let you know this video is sponsored by our good friends over at monkey knife fight now what is monkey knife fight it is one wild motherfucking name i'll tell you that much so off the bat but what they do is they have props over there player props want to do more or less want to do over under let's just say Aaron Rodgers, like 270 passing yards. I'm not sure they have his prop up just yet, but whatever it might be, that's what they're going to be doing over on Monkey Knife Fight, but they have a bunch of different player props. It's just not the standard ones, which are great and a ton of fun and definitely beatable. I mean, player props, without a doubt, outside of maybe live betting are the easiest ways to beat the book, beat Monkey Knife Fight, player props are. And they're also a ton of fun as well. They're a different type of sweat than just straight up DFS salary cap based with DraftKings having to put together a lineup and all this stuff. It's just, you have this prop, you know what you're doing. You can combine props. You can play a bunch of different game modes over on Monkey Knife Fight. I urge you, to check it out. Just take a couple seconds of your time. Check it out. Click the link down below and go check it out. And if you do and you want to deposit and you want to try it out, I'll give you a little bit of a free money bonus for you. And that's what they said. They said, Sal, you bring people to us. We know you're a cool guy, so they got to be cool guys and gals. We'll give them free money bonus up to $50. Ruskies. So you put $20 bucks in, bam, you just got $40. You put $50 in, bam, you just got a crisp $100 bill in your Monkey Knight Fight account. Check it out. Link down below. Promo code VETRI, my last name, V-E-T-R-I, lets them know that you came from me to get that sweet, sweet bonus. So why don't we start this up with the quarterback position? And I will say disclaimer. This is- is a different type of week at quarterback. Normally, we've been paying up at quarterback in a lot of slates. Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, the last couple of weeks, Josh Allen, the last couple of weeks, and this has been working out for us. But there's only one quarterback above the $7,000 threshold this week. Lately, there's been like five guys above that threshold. Just look last week where you had guys like Josh Allen, you had guys like Justin Herbert pushing it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was up there, Kyler Murray, all these guys. Kyler Murray hitting the 8K range. This week, just one guy above that range, and it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is somebody that I don't have overwhelming interest in. Honestly, though, I think that if you're playing Lamar Jackson, so. Far this year, you're really playing him for the rushing upside. That is still there. It's nowhere near right now what Kyler Murray is producing with 10 rushing touchdowns on the year. And it's honestly, based on his rushing touchdowns, not near what Cam Newton is doing right now with, I believe, over a touchdown per game, even though Cam Newton hasn't played in every single game. He only has three rushing touchdowns, but he has those 524 rushing yards, which is second only again behind Kyler Murray so far this year, averaging over 50 rushing yards per game on the season for Lamar Jackson at 58.2. But if you're going to be playing Lamar for the rushing upside, I think that there's a decent idea and at least a decent reason to just say, save a $1,100 and go to Cam Newton, whose rushing upside is just going to be very similar. Whose fantasy points per game? Lamar's are at 20.7. That's 10th in the NFL. Cam Newton's are also very close right now at about 20 fantasy points per game in terms of DraftKings points. Lamar's only attempting 27 passes per game right now with a number 23 yards per attempt. That's not good at just 7.1 is below average, and he's 30th in quarterback accuracy this year. So I think that early on, I'm probably going to pivot away from Lamar because their passing game, they're the number one run offense. It's really hard to stack this team, and he's not that same one-off threat quarterback that I want to go to for like the. 30 or 40 point upside, if I'm going to go for a one-off and a naked quarterback uh, in my lineup, meaning that in GPPs, uh, if you're new here, it just means that you're not going to stack them. You're not going to play them with any of their pass catchers. I probably just rather do that with Cam Newton. So what that means is I have no interest in all the guys above $7,000 right now. So we can start at that exact $7,000 tag and Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers is somebody that I will have interest in. I mean, it, it seems like he's right now neck and neck with probably Kyler after Kyler's game in that heroic Hail Mary, but Patrick Mahomes mainly as MVP co-favorites at this point, maybe all three of them are going to be favorites. You have coming off of another game where, look, he's not throwing a ton this year. Only twice has he thrown over 40 times. And only one time since week one has he thrown over 40 times. But he's just been so damn efficient and he's scoring touchdowns. This past week, he ended up having three total touchdowns, one on the ground. He finishes at the quarterback five with 26 points. I don't think people are talking about how consistent that this guy has been. Basically, outside of the game when they faced Tampa Bay and that entire team just got disrupted, in six of his last seven games, not counting that game, he scored at least 23 or more DraftKings points. That is as consistent as it gets, averaging 25.3 DraftKings points on this slate. That is second only to the rookie in Justin Herbert. He's averaging 286 passing yards per game, has a fantastic touchdown percentage of 8.3, which leads the slate. You're not getting the rushing yards out of him, although he will take off and run for touchdowns, his first one being this past week. 8.2 yards per attempt is number three on the slate and 0.82 fantasy points per drop back outside of the high mobile quarterbacks in Lamar and Cam Newton. Aaron Rodgers would be next up. So Rodgers, look, he's facing Indy. I've already said it a couple times this week, I think in the betting show, which you can check out, Indy is a fraud secondary. They've gotten to face the Jets. They've gotten to face the Jaguars. They've gotten to face the Bears, who have good wide receivers, but that doesn't matter as you can see on Thursday night when Nick Foles literally cannot connect and is absolutely terrible behind what looks to be also a bad offensive line. They've gotten to face the Ravens, the number one run offense this year that does not pass the ball. Lamar Jackson has been bad. They've gotten to face the Titans, the number five run offense this year that does not pass the ball. So they have not really faced any passing offenses this cold secondary. So Xavier Rhodes, no, it's not comeback season for him. He has not been good when he's actually faced good wide receivers and good quarterbacks like Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, like Big Ben as well with the Steelers. So Aaron Rodgers is nothing like they faced so far this season. So I like these stacks. And, and Alan Lazard, he finally is going to be back. Based on his tweet on Twitter, he put, it was Lazard time. It was Lizard time that he's going to be back. He has to, based on the rule of 21 days after you start practicing to come off IR. So Alan Lazard's going to be back at a fair price point. You have Robert Tonyan at a fair price point. And then obviously Devontae Adams with this price point coming down. Aaron Rodgers early on in the week for me is going to be a yes. Next up is the rookie, Justin Herbert at 6,800. Again, I'm, I'm not probably going to prioritize him here. Nine point favorites. Maybe it's Kalen Day which we'll get to in a second. But you know where you're going with Herbert here. Herbert right now is 7.8 yards per attempt. He's number one on this slate right now ahead of Aaron Rodgers. If you're talking DraftKings points per game, leads the slate. Second on the slate only to Matt Ryan in yards per game at 292 per game, attempting 38 passes per game. Is third on the slate right now behind Matt Ryan and Joe Burrow. You're just getting a lot of usage here. He's coming off of, I believe, his second fewest passing attempts that last time out there in week 10. And what was just really a weird game for Justin Herbert. He missed Michael Williams on a touchdown as well. He went in that game, I believe, just 5.8 yards per attempt. The first time that he dipped under 6.5 yards per attempt this year, and it was the lowest passing yardage outage of the season 187 yards. So I I want to look at that. I think that that's clearly an outlier based on the other sample of like eight starts that we have of him. Um, I'm basically averaging like 290 yards per game. So Herbert's play for me. My snacks would be Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and Mike Williams in that order. Runback options on the Jets, probably Denzel Mims if you had to choose one. Now we get to Deshaun Watson, whose team total as a slight underdog, we like Deshaun Watson as underdogs here in this channel, but as a team total of just 23 is not that appealing, but Deshaun Watson is probably going to be the guy that I start to get to a good amount this week. There's a couple of guys that I can sense that it's going to happen based on price point and my early projection for them. A peak Behind the curtain over on Patreon. Link down below, patreon.com backslash sal underscore vetry underscore. As Deshaun Watson right now is my number two point per dollar quarterback play, but it makes him overall my favorite stacking option out of him, even if he is number two. I have him projected for 22.8 DraftKings points, a 3.51x value, and his wide receivers remain too cheap. I mean, I don't know how you're going to have right now below $6,000 Brandon Cooks going to continue to be below there, continue to see like on average nine targets per game over the last month, month and a half. So he's going to stack with Brandon Cooks. He's going to stack with Will Fuller. If you really want to punt and save money randall cobb's down there projecting out decently for me as well so that's going to be your options what are the runback options on new england well it seems pretty obvious right now that the clear runback option based on his target share his overall volume this past month of the season is going to be jacoby myers so deshaun watson is somebody that i want to get to 8.4 yards per attempt is second on this slate only to the nfl leader in Kirk cousins right now averaging 282 yards per game and he also gets some rushing upside with 26 rushing yards per game right now usually watson is somebody that i get to in heavy amounts i would expect that to happen yet again i'm a little bit surprised by the low team total here maybe it gets up to 24 as the week goes on and we like that a little bit more cam newton is going to be a yes for me this is a guy that i would actually probably run naked or he's more so going to be an interest to me as a quarterback option in cash now i personally don't play cash but i know that most of my audience plays cash and i want to cater to everybody who watches this so cam newton more so a cash quarterback play here but the houston Texans secondary has been absolutely brutal it's one of the worst in the nfl their overall defense has been absolutely atrocious so far this year bradley Roby banging up the season being their best cornerback it's not something that's going to be too worrisome for cam newton but who, who do you stack him with Jacoby Myers. And then uh, guess at who's going to be the next guy to potentially stack him with. If Isaiah Ford steps on the field, you can't stack him with a tight end who barely sees one or two receptions a game. Nikhil Harry's absolute dust. You're not stacking him with Rex Burkhead who might see three or four receptions in the game. So if you're stacking Cam Newton with Jacoby Myers, and then you're going to run it back with a Will Fuller. I mean, that seems fine as a mini stack, but Cam Newton for me looks like somebody that you can get different with in GPPs by running naked. Not a lot of people do that anymore. I understand why, because correlation is going to be a powerful thing for you. And I lean to stack when possible. So Cam Newton's a yes for me because he grades out so good point for dollar-wise my number one point per dollar play as of right now on the slate makes it more of a cash play for me or running him naked in GPPs or the mini stack of Jacoby Myers, Cam Newton, and run it back with like a Fuller and or a Brandon Cooks. And then my fifth and final yes is actually a cheap option that I think makes sense. Joe Burrow right now. Joe Burrow looks pretty good in my projections. Joe Burrow is somebody that I have interest in, whether you're playing cash or GPPs. He leads the slate in attempts per game at 41.1. He has not been efficient, just 6.7 yards per game, but based on his volume, 276 yards per game, it's been okay. He's been getting there based on volume. You're seeing the rookie break out the second round pick and T Higgins as well another 100 plus yard game last week we know they still have tyler boyd in the slot that would be my main priority if you're stacking would be t higgins and tyler boyd aj green has kind of fallen off a cliff yet again these last couple of weeks they're using more odd and tate as well over aj green and in four wide receiver sets so it's actually hurting aj green's target share and snaps to an extent but we like burrow here based on just the volume that you're going to be getting and the cheap price point look this is not the steelers defense washington has a good defensive line uh loaded with first round picks and first round caliber but it's nowhere near the same as the steelers defense where last year joe burrow was only able to put up on 40 attempts 213 yards and a touchdown finish with 12 and a half fantasy points but basically outside of that there's only been like one other time this season where joe burrow has busted and he's averaging in all these other games right now over 20 fantasy points per game on DraftKings. so i like this for the price point i think there is a clear stack here and you can run it back with a lot of options on Washington. Now, JD McKissick, if you believe in that target share, which I do Antonio Gibson, if you want to bank on him getting through a weak Cincinnati defense on the ground, or then Terry McLaurin, the clear and obvious option, you can punt with tight end in your stack. There's a lot of ways to actually run back Washington in this one and potentially even stack Washington. If you're really feeling frisky in one of these large field GPPs, so those are my five yeses. I'll touch on the maybes right now. Uh, I know that this is going to be something that a lot of people talk about this week. Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston, likely going to be starting as I record this, no starter has been named likely going to be starting with new for New Orleans against Atlanta, Atlanta gives up the most yards per play in the NFL. So on paper, this should be a fantastic matchup for Jameis. I can't project him for 20 plus fantasy points though. There's a lot of question marks with Jameis that definitely keep him in play for me. And I assume I'll get stacks of Jameis Winston, but there's so many question marks that it's hard to make him a clear on yes right now. Like I think a lot of people will. Now on Tuesday's awesome show, I said that I think he's the best play in the slate, but I have to reel that back a little bit because look, he's on a new team right now. He has nowhere near the same weapons or in the same system that he was when he excelled for 30 touchdowns and a ton of passing yards led the NFL last year and also 30 interceptions, but that's just the Jameis Winston Winston, you're probably going to get. Being on a new team that does not have one of the best downfield receivers in the league in Mike Evans, does not have one of the best slot plus, if not the best slot plus wide receiver in the league in Chris Godwin. Yes, you have Michael Thomas, but he plays in the short game. Traquan Smith is pretty unproven downfield. You don't have many weapons after that. Kamara, sure, but Kamara exceeds because Drew Brees targets him 25 to 30% of the time. Jameis Winston has never had an Alvin Kamara, but he's also never targeted his running backs at any clip like that. So that's just some of the questions that I can't put him as a yes. And then also you take into account that Taysom Hill might come in for six to eight pass attempts, might come in, in the red zone and take over his role for some wildcat plays. So there's a lot of questions here that it definitely does not make Winston a bad play. He's in my player pool right now. He would be probably one of my top five, top six owned quarterbacks if I was to run this right now. But why not just go to Matt Ryan for $400 more? Instead of stacking up with Jameis, Mike Thomas, and Julio, why not go Matt Ryan, Julio, and Michael Thomas? Because Matt Ryan right now for just $400 more, I do have projected out for like a point and a half to two and a half more fantasy points at this point. You know that you're getting Matt Ryan right now leading this slate, 305 yards per game, 39 pass attempts per game. You know what you're getting out of Matt Ryan. You're getting a lot of a volume. You're getting efficiency at 7.8 yards per attempt. You're potentially getting Calvin Ridley back a stable tight end as well to stack up with cheaper stacks and Hayden Hurst. Obviously you have Julio Jones. So it makes it a little bit more difficult to get to Jameis. I think Jameis has a huge ceiling, but we have to keep in mind, this is not the Bucks' offense from last year. He's not in that team right now. He's in a totally different system that excels through one pass catcher and a running back that's going to be short yardage plays, not these big plays downfield. So we have to temper our expectations with Jameis. Early on, I prefer Matt Ryan. We'll see how the week goes on. And for some other cheap options, not named Joe Burrow, two is on this list right now. Two has been fine, has not yet hit 30 pass attempts in a game. So it's hard to want to stack him up to see high volume. And also, Alex Smith. If you're feeling really frisky, you can go to Alex Smith, stack it up with Terry McLaurin, and I guess Logan Thomas. I mean, I probably wouldn't stack him with JD McKissick, even though he targets him a lot. Maybe if you want to, you're really going to have to bank on some receptions or touchdown receptions at that point. But probably Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin running it back with lots of options on Cincinnati. Again, that's like the last ditch effort. If I had Alex Smith right now, he'd probably be like my 10th owned quarterback, 9th owned quarterback, and that usually comes down to like 2% owned or so. Let's move over now to the running back position. And as we move over to the running back position please do hit the like button hit the subscribe button i appreciate you all a ton and the running back position this week for me it's going to look pretty narrow but we'll see as the week goes on based on ownership where i go so for the first thing dalvin cook he's by far my highest projected running back i don't even want to talk about it too much like i'm expecting right now my projections mccaffrey to be out so just monitor his injury right now i think mccaffrey will miss so that's why he's not going to be on here as a yes or a maybe but after that dalvin cook it's not even close nobody's even within four fantasy points of dalvin cook in my projections that's including alvin kamar right now i would expect alvin cook to be somewhere around 25 to 30 percent owned and then maybe we start to discuss pivots. In large field GBPs, I probably just get over the field on him. In my single entry stuff, we can start to discuss pivots. If Dalvin Cook is going to come in 30% on and Kamara 8%, well, then we pivot to Kamara potentially. But right now, Dalvin Cook for me looks way too good to try and get off of unless he's going to be that, that 30% on number. In his worst of worst games against a good defense in Chicago, he still touches the ball 34 times, seeing four targets, which is good, and has over 110 yards. Look, he, if he ends up getting in the end zone there, if he ends up having, I believe, four more rushing yards, he hits the bonus to get you over 18 points, gets in the end zone with a uh, 4 yard more rush he's right there yet again with 25 points i haven't projected for over 25 points in this matchup against the bears on this slate he's number two and overall fantasy points per touch only behind alvin kamara but the upside that he has is he's averaging 25 opportunities per game with 26 red zone attempts this season compared to kamara who's averaging 20.4 opportunities per game now has a new quarterback that's name is Jameis winston and is nowhere near going to check down as much as one of the most if not the most check down friendly quarterback in nfl history in Joe breeze so davin cook is a clear yes for me next up the andre swift and the andre swift might be the overall like one, Cook. Is- my highest projected DeAndre Swift might be the overall best running back play on the entire slate he's arguably mispriced by 600 to a thousand dollars here if we're going to get this starter role he was named the starter last week if we ever get this roll again and i expect this to be now the the commonplace based on him being the starter last week of 16 attempts overall of another two red zone touches which he's seen two red zone touches or more basically now in like five straight games and then also five receptions on five targets he had 149 yards total in a touchdown last week finishing with 26 fantasy points overall he was the running back four on the week the first week that he was named the starter this is now back-to-back weeks of at least 18 or more opportunities for him. He seems to be the real deal at this point. DeAndre Swift is somebody who projects out fantastic for me. 0.96 fantasy points per touch this season. Right now is third on this slate. What you're getting out of him currently is six yards per touch. is six in the NFL. He currently has a breakaway percentage on his run rates and catches of 8.6, which is third overall in the NFL. Fourth in overall receptions as a guy who has not been the starter until last week. DeAndre Swift looks fantastic. Now he gets Carolina's bottom three run defense. I like Swift a lot. He arguably is the best play in the slate. Expect ownership to be the there. Next up is Duke Johnson at 5,400. Look, I hope people jump off of him. On Super Draft, one of our presenting sponsors on some other shows, he's fantastic. at a 1.85X multiplier. on a deposit there? Promo code SALASAL. Get yourself a little bit of a deposit bonus up to $1,000. But look, yes, he stunk last week, but he played 98% of the snaps. He saw 15 opportunities, had all the running back carries. I believe he only had one target, which is the concern. You expect to see more targets there, but this was a totally terrible weather game. They did not do anything in their offense normal. They were all over the place. It was awful. They did not know how to adjust for this weather. That dropped their team total by eight freaking points last week. He ran. 24 routes, the most he's ran in the year. So if you're gonna get 25 routes out of Duke Johnson, if you're gonna see 15 touches more times than not, and now you have a better weather situation against a really bad New England run defense. I'm okay to get to Nuke Johnson here, especially based off the fact that he busted last week and his price point only came up four hundred dollars. Maybe, just maybe people don't want to go back to Duke Johnson. So those are my three yeses but then there's a long list based on ownership of who I'm going to get to next. Alvin Kamara is going to be your clear pivot off of a chalky Dalvin Cook if you wanted to go there. There's nothing bad to say about Kamara himself. I mean, last week he didn't have a great game in terms of production on his touches, he just ended up finding in the end zone three times. I mean, he had eight carries last week for a total of 98 yards, but a lot of that came on his seven receptions. On the ground, he was doing nothing outside of getting a couple of red zone touchdowns. He finished as a running back one with 35 points because, well, he found those three touchdowns, 18 points of that, and also the seven receptions helped. So Kamar, definitely an obvious pivot off of Dalvin Cook. Aaron Jones is going to be your, your bounce back bus player, who was the 30 plus percent chalk last week on your pay up running backs that everybody jammed in Aaron Jones, everybody jammed in Mike Davis and Duke Johnson, and they all busted, but Aaron Jones busted as well. But he wasn't terrible. He saw six targets. He saw 95 95- total yards and 18 touches 66% of the snaps is basically he's played 66.1% of the snaps exactly in three straight weeks pretty crazy there. pretty scary as well but 14.5 fantasy points if he finds his way in the end zone you're at 21 fantasy points and you're happy so it's not like he was terrible last week he got the usage yet again 18 overall touches on 19 opportunities six of those being targets so Aaron Jones averaging six targets per game on the year very sneakily $7,200 I'm fine getting to him as a bounce back option Miles Sanders just got vultured twice last week by Corey Clement and then Boston Scott didn't vulture him but had the huge touchdown run shout out Boston Scott on that that one but Miles Sanders comes back last week 20 opportunities 95 total yards had five targets as well he's another guy who's in play i probably go to Aaron Jones there Mike Davis if we're expecting look I know nobody wants to hear Mike Davis's name but if we're expecting right now McCaffrey to miss Mike Davis yet again is going to get the workload the one thing I will say and more so when I want to why I want to talk about Mike Davis is a lot of people won't probably adjust their projections based off what we saw last week he only played 54% of the snaps against Tampa Bay last week now they were trailing a lot so that he got hurt in the fourth quarter as well he had to come out and fix his thumb if you didn't know that that actually hurt Hurts him to not get you to 10 fantasy points instead of 8.4, but only playing 55% of the snaps. They use Curtis Samuel in the backfield more. They had Rod Smith come out of nowhere. I didn't even know he's on this team. Former Cowboy, former Giant, former like everything it seems at this point. He got some more usage. So that's a little bit of a concern. You did see five targets, which is good to see for Mike Davis, but you have to temper your expectations. A lot of projection systems will still have him at this 19 or 20 point projection like he was producing from, I believe it was like weeks three to weeks five of this year when he was averaging over that. Uh, I have him down to like a 16 point projection. It makes other guys around him look better than him. And I think that that's fair, based on the fact that they're using more Curtis Samuel and they're mo- using a little bit more Rod Smith as well in the backfield. James Conner and Ezekiel Elliott kind of look like similar plays at this point. They're both struggling. Uh, they both pr- project out for close to 15 or 16 fantasy points, and they're basically the exact same price. I would lean to go to the guy who's a 10 point favorite and James Conner instead of the 10 point underdog and Ezekiel Elliott. So that's a quick spiel on that. James Robinson is somebody who's not going to pick up ownership. I would assume so, and I hope he could be our that one dude this week because he's been in the situations before. Look, he's faced the Packers; they were huge underdogs, and he still gets you over 100 yards and he still gets you uh, in that game. I believe it was 13.2 fantasy points finishes as the running back 19. And that's like his worst case scenario. Now he gets the Steelers as a big 10 point underdog, but he continues to just pile on the volume. James Robinson this season right now currently is averaging 22 opportunities per game, 20 red zone touches. So he's 6,400. He's getting the price bumping down because of his matchup and being a big underdog against a good Steelers run defense. I understand all that. That's why he's a maybe not a yes, but keep a close eye on him. If he doesn't become owned, you're probably going to see 18 to 20 opportunities, including passing game usage for James Robinson makes me like him a little bit more. It was also nice to see Luton target him five times after only targeting him two times in week nine so we can still feel good about that passing game, at least floor and potential for Robinson. Both of the Washington running backs are in play for me. I prefer right now McKissick, who I believe leads the entire NFL over the last two weeks with, what is it, 28, 29 targets right now. Last week, he ended up seeing 15 targets a week before 14. So he has 29 targets. It's pretty shocking that he's only been able to bring in like 16 of those, like 55 to 60%. Uh, That's not a good catch rate for a guy getting targets pretty close to the line of scrimmage, but he's seen an 85% and a 69% overall snap share so far. And in back to back weeks, 17.2 fantasy points and 17.9 fantasy points, a top 12 running back in back to back weeks. I prefer McKissick over Antonio Gibson because I expect Washington to continue to be playing from behind or neutral game scripts to where McKissick will be on the field. He just remains on the field. He's played at least 50 or more percent of the snaps Every single week since week three so McKissick over Gibson for me Kalen Balaj has to be in play as a nine-point favorite the way that the Chargers used Kalen Balaj last week it stinks to say this but they were using him as a workhorse running back and it seems like they want nothing to do with Joshua Kelly uh, unless Austin Eckler comes back from IR Kalen Balaj at least remains in play last week he played 74 percent of the snaps he saw 23 total opportunities and he saw six targets scores 15.2 fantasy points well he's just not efficient still but 102 total yards if he finds his way into the end zone he has a smash week of over 20 points so Balaj, I would prefer over Antonio Gibson. I believe that I would prefer Belage over JD McKissick right now, just because we saw those six targets, which is good to see. And he's still seeing more work. Troy Main Pope came back and saw no work. Joshua Kelly saw no work. It was the Kalen Belage workhorse back row with Justin Jackson on IR and Eckler not expected to return this week. Just keep an eye on that. And then just some final guys. If we expect uh, Joe Mixon to be out again, Giovanni Bernard gets a look, although P. Ryan is factoring in more there. So not as much interested in Giovanni Bernard as let's say like a McKissick or even a Kalen Belage in this range. And then Michael P. Ryan, if you're just trying to punt running back, which I probably would not, Uh, recommend punting the running back position. Michael P Ryan is a nine point underdog, just a 19 implied total against the Chargers defense who has been suspect to say the least. P Ryan's at least seeing touches, but at this point, like you're happy with 10 touches for like 50 yards and then you're hoping for the touchdown for like 12 fantasy points. So probably not somebody I get to at 4,400, probably not punting the running back position. We're just going to make him a no right now. With that being said, let's now move over to the wide receiver position. And as we move over to the wide receiver position, I'll remind you that I do have Patreon projections, rankings, ownership projections, game by game notes, 20 pages of that, giving you matchup information. Where's the best matchup? So wide receivers, the guys who see the most volume, all this type of stuff, it's 20 pages of game by game notes, showdown information. If you join the priority or hall of fames here, discord access, uh closing thoughts podcast on Sunday, telling you exactly what I'm doing this week. Lots of stuff going out over on the Patreon, so You can check it out linked up down below, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore underscore wide receivers. I'll try and focus on the guys who are more one-off options. Cause I can say Devontae Adams and Packer stacks clear and obvious. We already talked about how bad or how overrated I think the cold secondary is 12 targets per game, another 12 targets last week Had a 30 yard touchdown called back, uh, had a really really nice defensive play made on him when he was bringing down like a 15 yard reception so he easily could add like another 30 point day if it was not for that penalty uh he had a fine day he also fumbled as well so he lost a point there still fine with Adam still my highest projected wide receiver michael thomas is going to look good if you're playing i mean anything really in this game right this is going to be a good game you have a 28 implied total as favorites in this one right now for the Saints. so if you want to play michael thomas and run backs in the matt ryan underdog stacks i actually right now lean matt ryan and an underdog stack of let's say julio or ridley or julio and hayden Hurst run it back with michael thomas i like michael thomas a lot He's been bad this year, but I like him a lot. He projects out nicely this week for over 19 fantasy points for me. Next up, I told you I like Deshaun Watson. And I think a lot of people will be off of this stack this week, or at least I'm hoping so. And people that are going to look at last week when they played in a terrible weather game, when they went from being one of the best game environments on the slate uh, and one of the best stacks in the slate to being absolutely terrible. The problem is he'll probably see some Stephon Gilmore if Gilmore returns this week. But last week you saw eight more targets, but he only had 8.8 fantasy points. The lowest fantasy out point so far this season for Will Fuller was last week. and That's me not taking into account the Baltimore game where he got hurt, tweaked his hamstring, and basically, was a decoy out there. So, I do like me, myself, some Will Fuller this week, who continues to see the targets. Those eight targets were the third most he's seen in the game this season. He continues to see air yards downfield. He continues to see fantasy points per target above 1.6. So, Fuller at $6,200, huge price discount. Might see Stefan Gilmore, but Gilmore has been banged up. Keep a close eye on that. If Gilmore is out, I like Fuller even more. Next up is Chase Claypool, who thank God Chase Claypool comes down with those two touchdowns to end the game. He sees another 10 targets last week. This has been Chase Claypool's usage the last three games nine targets, 13 targets, 10 targets. have Resulted in 13.2 15.3 and 20 fantasy points over the last three weeks now he finds himself in a matchup that that arguably will be the best one that he's had in this past month outside of probably dallas but he's going to get cj henderson who a lot of people hyped up after the first couple of weeks it's a positive matchup for chase claypool he's a bully in the red zone right now he's a bully in general touchdown machine for chase claypool if you want to see his red zone target usage he currently has four red zone receptions on seven red zone targets and keep in mind he was not a day one starter and a lot of his touchdowns have come from outside the red zone on some big plays So claypool's in play for me i like robbie henderson as well because he can- continues to project out in a good matchup now against probably Okuda, the the top five pick who struggled this year in the NFL as a rookie. Robbie Anderson continues to just be consistent. Like it's going to have to be Teddy Bridgewater out there for me to want to get there, but continues to be consistent. Last week with Teddy Bridgewater hurt in a really tough matchup against Jamal Dean, he gets shut down, but Jamal Dean has shut down everybody this year, including partially uh, Devontae Adams in that game against the Packers. So I tossed that one out as an outlier. He stays in play. Deontay Johnson. So if you want to stack up the Steelers, I usually hesitate to. Last week was the only week it would have worked out for you all season long in terms of Big Ben getting you there with a... Big performance of 330 plus yards and four touchdowns. I think that you're going to have a nice spot for Claypool and Deontay Johnson stacks. Even Juju is getting there if you want to get there as well. But you have Deontay Johnson right now. In five out of the six games that he's been fully healthy and played at least like three, three and a half quarters in, he's seen at least 10 targets in all of those. Deontay Johnson is somebody that I like, averaging 3.5 yards per separation so far this year. And he's a top 11, even though he's missed some games, top 11 in total yak. He hasn't missed games fully, but he's left games early. He's number 11 in total yards after the catch. He's a weapon right now. So I like Deontay. Johnson getting to some cheaper interest Amari Cooper you have Andy Dalton off the COVID list Amari Cooper has actually had success with kind of to an extent all of these quarterbacks outside of the guy that they got off the pizza commercial Ben uh, DiNucci or whatever his name was but Amari Cooper had success with Andy Dalton in the one game that Dalton stayed healthy he ended up going out there and scoring I believe it was 20.9 fantasy points against Arizona that was the wide receiver seven and then he scores 15 and a half fantasy points in half a game with Dalton before Dalton gets hurt the week after that he only puts up 1.5 against DiNucci who was not a real cornerback and then he also puts up 12 and a half the week after that uh, with Garrett Gilbert. So I do think if Dalton comes back, you're looking at a very cheap Amari Cooper who probably finds his way to He had 14 targets through like uh, five quarters with Andy Dalton. So if he finds himself to a seven catch on a 10 target day, this is going to be a big day for Amari Cooper who's 5,400. This is an all-star receiver. This is a pro bowl receiver, a top 10 borderline receiver when he has a fully healthy quarterback in Dak Prescott at $5,400 in a fantastic matchup against Minnesota. They're nine and a half point underdogs. They're probably going to throw the ball 35 to 45 times in this game with Andy Dalton as long as he is back now off the COVID list. I like Amari Cooper even CeeDee Lamb to a lesser extent, but Amari Cooper, a lot at this price tag. Brandon Cooks is way too cheap at $5,200. Brandon Cooks should be a $6,000 wide receiver and he should be a $6,000 wide receiver for the past month of the year, but he's not. So he makes it my first option in and my first priority in. I'll probably see JC Jackson, which is a tougher matchup. My first priority in in any of my Deshaun Watson stacks, even last week. Yet again, they struggled, but he still puts down 10 fantasy points in a bad weather game. Shadowed by Denzel Ward, but he sees eight targets. His last five games, 12, 9, nine, nine and eight targets. He's been fantastic. I like myself. At that price point, Brandon Cooks. Next up, if you were to not stack, or if you were not to play naked Cam Newton, I'd go and stack him with his obvious option in Jacoby Myers right now, who in his last three games has 10, 14, and seven targets, who in his last three games has finished with 12, 29, and 16 fantasy points, back-to-back top 20 wide receiver finishes for Jacoby Myers, who's averaging 3.4 yards per separation. He's not just getting thrown open by Cam, he's actually getting open. He's playing very well right now with a 74% catch rate. I like Jacoby Myers in stacks there, in runback options with Deshaun Watson, he'd be my primary option from New England. And then my final yes, and then we can quickly touch on the laundry list of guys that I have as maybe. Jair Alexander might not be back this week. I don't even know if they put him on Michael Pittman due to the size. They usually put him on the smaller wide receiver, which would be T.Y. Hilton in this game. So if Michael Pittman's out there, probably not even gonna see Jair Alexander either way. I like Michael Pittman a ton at $4,500. He's my clear and obvious run back stacking any Packers options if you wanna run him back from the opposite side. And just as a one-off option, he's been fantastic. He is the new weapon for Philip Rivers. Back-to-back games now, since he's been healthy in this number one option. Against Marcus Peters, a good cornerback for Baltimore, he had seven targets finished with 10 fantasy points. And then last week against Tennessee, he had seven targets finished with 19.2 fantasy points over hundred yards. And I think he had a 20 yard rush as well. Rookie Michael Pittman just broke out last week and now he gets a fine matchup against the Packers where I think even if Jair Alexander's in, he actually probably avoids him here. So at $4,500, I like Michael Pittman a lot as a one-off cheap option to allow you to pay up at running back, pay up at potentially tight end, wherever you want to go. Pay up at other spots at wide receiver as well. So a long laundry list of maybes. A lot of these guys will be in stacks for me. Julio, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, all those guys in stacks. Justin Jefferson would be a one-off, but I prefer the Steelers wide receivers and probably Robbie Anderson right now in that same price range. T Higgins stack option. Devante Parker one-off again, prefer those other guys over Parker, but he's definitely in play at that price tag. Tyler Boyd in stacks. Jarvis Landry's too cheap at $5,500. He's close to a yes for me, depending on what the overall uh, health of him is going to be as he's been battling injuries this year. You get Alan Lazard coming back in stacks, and here's some cheaper punt options that we can just discuss quickly. Keelan Cole has a punt touchdown last week, has a red zone touchdown. I don't expect that to happen again, him, looks decent. Randall Cobb cheap, and he's going to be in my main stack priorities. Jakeem Grant at 3500 His price comes up $500, but he's still in play for me. He still grades out for over 10 fantasy points. Last week, we got the touchdown after Devontae Parkers was overruled. So you like to see that. He might see some Bryce Callahan in the slot. So that's a concern. But in back-to-back weeks, Jakeem Grant, 60% of the snaps. And then last week, he's back-to-back weeks set his season highs in snaps. There was no Preston Williams last week because he's on IR. That's going to happen again, or he's done for the year. So 60% snaps goes to 75%. He's seen back-to-back weeks of five targets. He's gone seven and a half and four and and a half fantasy points. He needs probably the touchdown to get there, but he's on the field more than than he was two weeks ago. So you might actually see these six or seven target games. So it keeps him much in play for me at that price point. Jalen Guyton would be sort of your your stack it up, deep shot and GPPs with a Keenan Allen plus Jalen Guyton hope for the deep bomb touchdown at this price point. But Jalen Guyton's snap share is also coming up against the Jets. That would be in your Herbert stacks. You have Denzel Mims with Joe Flacco, who is seeing targets, who is making some nice catches, just needs to see a little bit more volume. And then that's basically it for the really, really cheap options down here. Uh, You have the cheap wide, receiver punt option. Below $4,000 in Keelan Cole, Cobb, Grant, Guyton, and Mims. And just a look on Guyton's overall snap share, Guyton over the last couple of weeks has gone from 66% of the snaps to 85%, 89%. So he's on the field a lot more, running 35, 39, 36 routes. He's running routes. He just has to see those targets now turn into overall deep receptions or just in general receptions. This past week, he had six targets. Those six targets were the most that he's seen all year long. And that was even battling against Xavier and Howard. So Jalen Guyton is slowly, slowly starting to arrive here for the Los Angeles Chargers as a I- a pretty nice weapon as a wide receiver three in this offense let's close out the slate with tight ends again monkey knife if you want to sign up over there my last name play player props check it out take a couple seconds your time click the link in the description now or after the video and just check out what you have over there see if it's something that you want to try out You get a little bit of a free money bonus up to fifty dollars if you use my last name v-e-t-r-i tight end is disgusting this week it's so bad there's nobody above five thousand dollars i don't even want to play the most expensive guy in mark Andrews at forty nine hundred because there's just a bunch of other guys i'd rather get to and basically only get to them in my stacks So i'm probably going to just try and get to a guy in a stack this week or just punt the position. Hunter Henry at 4,600. Try and get to him in stacks. Try and get to him in stacks. Maybe get to him as a one-off. He's seen six or more targets in seven out of nine games now. That's fine. Finally found the end zone last week. That's fine for me. Noah Fant coming off of another seven target game, just not bringing in these receptions. And we don't know right now if Drew Lock is going to start. So if Drew Lock doesn't start, it makes it maybe more difficult for Noah Fant. He'd get Brett Ripon back out there. So I'm not too sure that I feel confident in Brett Ripon. But Fant has now seen seven or more targets in three out of his last four games. He's seen five or more targets in every single game, but week nine against Atlanta. The problem is he just not bringing in these receptions. Still grades out good for me. Hayden Hurst is probably the guy that I like maybe the most at tight end this week out of anybody. He gets a nice matchup against New Orleans. He's a nice cheap option to stack up that game and get exposure to the 51 and a half overall game total. And Hayden Hurst, look at the volume that he's getting. Last three games before the bye week eight, seven, and seven overall targets led to 13, 10 and a half, and 13 fantasy points. He's been a top 10 tight end for four straight weeks. He's seen five or more targets in every single game, but one so far this season, depending on which spot you look at. Some spots gave him four targets week six, some spots gave him five. Doesn't matter because he scored a touchdown skills, still scored 16 fantasy points that week. Hayden Hurst looks like my favorite option. Austin Hooper's price point doesn't change. Sally busted last week. What are you talking about? No, again, the weather in that game dropped to the Cleveland team total by like five points before kickoff started. And then I said, the passing games are not going to thrive here. In the running game, thrive for Cleveland. Nick Chubb came back and looked great. You did not have all that much usage for Austin Hooper. Ran the lowest routes that he's ran since week three of the NFL season. Only saw two targets, which was the lowest that he's seen all season, long tied for his lowest since week one. They just were not passing the ball. We're not running a lot of routes. So I'm not too concerned there. And then Logan Thomas is my final yes right now. And then a bunch of guys are maybes like Ebron, Goddard, Dalton Schultz, Molly Cox, Tyler Eifert. You want to just punt all the way to 2,500 with Anthony Fersker. You'll probably see three or four targets with him, especially if you still have uh, no Adam Humphreys out there. Those are all some guys that I'll get to maybe But probably not as one-offs. Like I don't know how much of Goddard I get to if I don't have Wentz. So maybe I get a little amounts of them. But basically, this is where I'm going to be at. Logan Thomas to close it out. Look, he's been good. He's been good and he's been thriving with Alex Smith the last couple of weeks. Six targets in back-to-back weeks with Alex Smith. He's gone for six fantasy points and last week he went for 10.6. Which if you get 10 fantasy points out of a tight end, they will be a tight end, a top 10 tight end that week. He was a top six tight end last week. The tight end six with just 10 and a half fantasy points and he's played 100 of the snaps in back-to-back weeks. He's ran 33 last week. 55 routes is a little bit outrageous, but expect somewhere around five or six targets. Which touch, with touchdown upside for Logan Thomas. That's probably the cheapest I would go with confidence unless you're trying to punt the position, but that's where we're at right now. Those are the best picks, a full slate breakdown. If you're in here and this is your first time here, let me know in the comment section. If you watched all the way through, you're a damn rockstar. Hit the like button, hit the big ol' subscribe button, and you just got smacked with all the information you need for week 11, except for my videos that come out later in the week. Keep getting informed so you can keep getting smacked and win the dollar keys Like and subscribe before you go. Support the sponsor of the show, Monkey Knife Fight, link down below, and also if you want to check out my Patreon and get access to even more of that in-depth info to help you be on top of the tournaments and take home all the Dollaruskies, patreon.com backslash sal underscore vetri underscore thank you everybody and i will see you in the next one